the boss got up me there, so I realized my mistake. I want to turn to Psalm 121. And uh, I want to look at this together. It's really a title, The Traveler's Song. It's really a title here, The Traveler's Song. It is a song of degree called The Traveler's Song. Let's look to the Lord. Let's pray for his blessing and pray the Lord will be with us as we look together at this familiar passage of his word even uh, today. Loving Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity of coming into your presence. We thank you for the singing. We thank you for the word of God, the truths we'll find in it. We pray you'll bless them to our soul. We pray you'll come close to our hearts, Lord. And we thank you what we've been singing there, he will hide me. And Lord, we're glad we're hidden in your hand, the palm of your hand. And we know we're secure. Those who see it, we know we are secure. And we're safe in the hands of the Lord Jesus. We pray you bless us. We pray for help to speak. We pray, Lord, certainly for help to listen. And Lord, the word of God will come unto all of us. And bless it to our hearts and draw us closer to thee. I ask now these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When you read the Bible, you'll see very, very clearly that the children of Israel were God's people. God, by his act of grace and by his act of mercy, had chosen this people to be his people. And the member says in Deuteronomy 7, verse 6, Moses could say to the people, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God has chosen thee. To be a special people unto himself above all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And God had chosen this people to be his people. And they were set aside for God. And one of the things they had to do then, of course, was, is very basic. They had to worship God. They had to worship God with all their heart, with all their soul and mind and strength. And to love him also. And the Bible is very clear. God came to him and said, listen, I want you to go up to Jerusalem three times in the year. And you're to come up and to keep feasts. And you're to worship me. In Acts 34, or sorry, in Acts 23, verse 14, three times I shall keep a feast unto me in the year. So there were three feasts. The feast of the Passover, Pentecost, and the Tabernacles. Three times in the year, the people left their homes and made their way to Jerusalem because God had commanded them to leave all, set all aside, and to go up to the house of the Lord and to worship him. And so they traveled. They traveled up to Jerusalem to worship God. There was the traveling. Some people talk about the Jews going up because geographically, it was risen up. They say, in relation to Jericho, it was only 17 miles from there, there was a rise of 3,500 feet. So you can picture the people going up. They're going up to worship God. Here's another thing they had to do. There was a singing. They went up singing. And that's what we find here in these Psalms, Psalm 121, or Psalm 120, to Psalm 134, 15 Psalms, the Song of Degrees. And when they moved up to Jerusalem to sing, or to worship God, they sang. 
And they were singing with all of her heart. The very psalm that we read together here this morning. I will lift up my eyes onto the hills. From thence come with my help. And they were going to God's house. And they were singing. Well could you picture that? The noise, the crowd, the people. Singing. Going to the house of God. I wonder can I say to you this morning. How did you come to God's house this morning? Did you come groaning? That you had to come to God's house. Did you come with joy in your heart that you're a child of the king? Oh, wouldn't it be great to go to God's house or to come to God's house the way these people were going? Singing. Singing with all of their heart. There were the singing as the pilgrim songs. They were singing. I notice also in their singing, they were singing about God. Because the name Lord is mentioned five times in this psalm. Four times God is referred to as he. So nine times really we have here the name of God is in this psalm. And so the people were going up. And anyone else who heard them. And anyone who saw them going past. They knew who they were singing about. And they knew what they were singing about. They were singing about the Lord. They were not ashamed of their God. They were not ashamed of their Savior the Lord Jesus. And they were singing. And they were singing about God. What a way as I said to you. To come to church. To come to the house of God. And there the people were singing this great psalm. The Lord, or my, will slipped up mine eyes onto the hills. From thence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. So they sang this psalm, and there were great lessons taught about God here in this psalm, as we notice. And the first lesson, the very three simple lessons. God is my helper. That's what they were singing about. You can see that in the verse 1. I will lift up mine eyes onto the hills, for thence cometh my help. Verse 2, my help cometh from the Lord. Someone has said the text could be better rendered, shall I lift up mine eyes onto the hills, from thence cometh my help. It cometh from Jehovah, who is high above the hills. We have to say here, their help was not in the hills. Their help was in the highest. Their help in life was God, not the mountains. Remember in Jeremiah 3, verse 23, he said, Truly in vain is salvation hoped for from the help, from the hills, and from the multitude of mountains. Truly in the Lord our God is the salvation of Israel. And he brings that to It is not in the hills. Our help is not in the mountains, but our help is in the Lord. And when these people were moving up to Jerusalem, they were singing. And they were singing this theme, child of God, God is my helper. And you can see very plainly here, the source of my help. Where did the help come from? Verse 2 tells us, my help cometh from the Lord. And you can see here, it's personal help. It's my help. Verse 1 says, it's my help. Verse 2 says, it's my help. And no doubt, no doubt God was the help of the children of Israel, the whole nation. But everyone was in this group and everyone who was marching up to Jerusalem, everyone could say within their own heart, he's my help. You can bring it right down personally to your own heart. They were saying, he's my help. And you know, 
That is true for every child of God here this morning. In the midst of trials, in the midst of tears, in the midst of troubles and difficulties and weakness, we can sing this, we can say these words, the Lord, he's my help. This is the source of our help. He's my help. Remember these people were walking, they weren't traveling fancy cars or trains or airplanes. They were walking the hotness, the, the, the weariness of the day and they could say, my help. My help is in the Lord. And every child of God can say the same. Remember Hebrews 13 verse 6. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. So it just wasn't for the children of Israel. And they could rightly, rightly say this. The Lord, he is my help. But every child of God can say, the Lord, he's my help. He's my help. He's my help in life. In the midst of my troubles, in the midst of my sorrows, in the midst of my difficulties, my help cometh from where? My help cometh from the Lord. And that has never changed. Never changed for any child of God. As they marched all those years ago. It has never changed. Even to this very day, child of God, you've maybe forgotten. You've forgotten in the times of darkness and trouble and sorrows. You've forgotten the very simple truth here. God is my helper. And my help cometh from the Lord. He's my help. Have you not proved them in the past? Of course you have. My help cometh from the Lord. We have the, the person. It was the promise of his help. Think also because. Think of Isaiah 41 verse 10. Where the Lord is right them. Through his prophet Isaiah, Fear thy not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. And here's what he said, Yea, I will help thee. That, that is a promise. And these people knew this truth, of course. That God had promised to be their help. In Psalm 20 and verse 1, The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help. From the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. They knew the Psalms. They knew the word of God. And they knew that God would promise, had promised to send them help. And the same God who promised them help has promised to help us. He's promised to help his people. It is also a present help. Remember Psalm 46 verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. And this is a tremendous thought for God's people. He's a present help. It's not that he shall help in the future, and he will. It's not that God has helped in the past, and every child of God can look over their life and say, yes, he has helped me in the past, and that is true. But he's a present help. It's right up to date. Right up to this day, God is a present help for all of his people. And every child of God could say, the Lord is my helper. And these people were going up to Jerusalem. And they were singing these great truths from their heart. The Lord, the Lord is my helper. He's a present help. And I want to say to the child of God here today, as you march on to heavenly Jerusalem, you can sing with all your heart this morning, the Lord the Lord is my helper. He's my help. He's promised to help me. He will help me. He's beside me to help me. He's beside me to hold me. He's beside me to give me strength for the journey ahead. He is my helper. We can sing this. We forget it. 
We forget the simple truths that is found and taught in the word of the living God. But these people going up three times a year, they were singing with all of their hearts. They were singing, God is my helper. And he's your helper. And he's the one who holds you. And he's the one who leads you. He's the one who gives us all strength at all times. I'm glad today in the midst of this life, the Lord is my helper. And you could rejoice today, child of God. He's your helper. Oh, we get help of our friends. We're glad of that. Help our family. Of course we do. But my help cometh from the Lord. That's where it all goes right into God. The Lord is my helper. In this life, he holds me. In this life, he helps me. He's my helper. Oh, what a well. If I said to go to the house of God, if we start off down there, the Chinese this morning, and come up the road singing, this wouldn't be great, wouldn't it? The Lord is my helper. He is my helper. That's the source of the help. But they weren't finished. No, they weren't finished because they talked about the strength of their help. They give an illustration of it in verse 2. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. So they're not only talking about how God is going to help them, but the talk here is something about the strength they give. An example of the mighty power of God. My help cometh from the Lord. Here's, what he, here's how strong he is. Here's how mighty he is. He made the heavens and the earth. Well, there's no evolutionist here among this group of people. Oh, and they were singing with all their heart. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Now, what all the young people to learn that. God made the heavens and he made the earth. In Jeremiah, for instance, 32 verse 17, he said, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm and there's nothing too hard for thee. And, and Jeremiah had this truth in his heart. You see, this mighty God, this mighty God was his God. And Lord, thou hast made the heavens and the earth. And do you know how he finished it? He said, there's nothing too hard for thee. You think about it. If God, and he has, God has made the heavens and the earth. Well, if he can do this, he can do anything. He can do anything. That's how mighty and strong he is. He made the heavens and the earth. We know when we come to the Bible, we are brought face to face with us. The first lesson, of course, in the Bible about God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He showed his mighty power. How did he make it? He made it by his voice. Remember in Genesis 1, verse 3, for instance, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. He just spoke. But you know anybody today who can just speak to God and create, create the world and create light and darkness? No. And he made it out of nothing. So let people do that today. Remember in Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. He made it out of nothing. And then he did it all in six days. We're all going to be getting the hall upstairs and the men have done a great job. They're all over the, what's about a year I think, wasn't it? And a great job they did. But God made the world in six days. Everything. This is how mighty and powerful he is. Matthew Henry said he made heaven and earth and he who did that can do anything. 
Well, how confidently, how confidently these people marched to Zion. They were singing, God is my helper. He's my strength. The God who helps me, he's the one who made the heaven and the earth. They were, they were praising his name. They were full of joy. Oh, child of God, can I say this to you this morning? If God can make the heavens and the earth, there's nothing too hard for him to do for you. There's nothing too hard for him to do for you in your, in your life. He helps us. He helps us, of course, by his word. There's nothing like the word of God that gives us strength and help and to live for the Lord Jesus and to live in this world and to help us in times of difficulties. Think of Daniel chapter 10 and verse 19. But the Lord spoke on him. He said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto thee. Be strong, yeah, be strong. And here's what Daniel happened to him. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened. I said, let my Lord speak. For thou hast strengthened me. How did he get help? I remember he was down in his mouth and no, he felt so weak. Perhaps he felt in his heart he couldn't take another step. How did God strengthen him? He spoke to him. And the word of God came to them and says to them, Fear not, peace be unto thee, be strong, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, he said, Listen, I was strengthened. And maybe there's some here today in the meeting, and you're cast down and feeling weak, and maybe even already God is speaking to your heart and saying, I am your help. And maybe there's strength going into your heart and soul, even as you sit in the pew. God strengthens us by his word. Hey, I want help. He speaks to us through his written word and through his servants. And also by his spirit as well. Because remember in John 14 verse 16, the Lord Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. The comforter, one who comes alongside. And there are times when we're cast down in the valley. And there are times we feel perhaps we, we cannot take another step. But remember the text, the truth of the text. God is my helper. And his eyes upon the child of God. And he sees him cast down. He sees him full of weakness. Perhaps he sees him full of fear. And he comes alongside by his spirit and he lifts him up. You see, he is our helper. The one who made the heaven and the earth. He helps his people. Need to remember in 1 John 4 verse 4, Ye are of God little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. Is he not within us? He is. Does God not give us help and grace? He does. Oh, here we have the source of this help. My help cometh from the Lord. Do you need help this morning in this meeting? I'm sure you do. You've been looking at the wrong place, at the wrong person. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. And there's nothing, there's nothing too hard for God to do. There's nothing. If he can do that, and he did, then he can solve your problems. He can help you. You think he had the sight for this help? He says, I will lift up mine eyes onto the hills, for thence cometh my help. They lifted up their eyes in the sense like an attitude of prayer. A shift of focus. They were looking up, you see, in their pilgrimage to the Lord. My help cometh from the Lord. They're looking up to God, not the hills, to the Lord. 
They're setting their affection on God. They're calling upon him in their sense. I will lift up my eyes onto the hills. So thanks come with my help. Because God, God will help me. Someone has said they would sing this. I will lift up my eyes to the hills, and thanks my help come. And then the beautiful response would be, My help cometh from the Lord. So someone was singing one part, and all those were singing the other one. I'm not, I don't know why I wasn't there, but they were singing, My help cometh from the Lord. Listen, child of God, this morning, do you need your help? Do you need help? God is your helper. How do you get it? I will lift up my eyes on to the hills. From thence cometh my help. You lift up your eyes. You come to God in the attitude of prayer. And you pray to him. Remember in Hebrews 4 verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly on to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy. And find grace to help. In time of need. Notice the throne of grace. We've got to come boldly of course. We've got to come reverently. But we've got to come confidently to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy. And find grace to help in time of need. And I say today to the child of God, take comfort. You can say to the Lord, he's my helper. And all I've got to do is to seek him. Lift up my eyes to him. And say, Lord, be my help. Be my strength. Remember, I will help thee. They said the Lord, my help cometh from the Lord. And he'll help you. So they're singing, they're singing about God as they're making this journey. And they're saying, God is my helper. And what a privilege that is to be able to say that this morning here to all of you and to write these words, simple truths in our heart. God is my helper. He's my helper. But they weren't finished, they're still singing. They said, God is my keeper. You see that in verse 5. The Lord is thy keeper. Now in those days the roads were very dangerous, especially the road from Jericho to Jerusalem. It was so dangerous it was called the way of blood. But God himself had undertaken to be their protector. And the same God has undertaken to be our protector. The Lord is thy keeper in relation to their stand. Notice in verse 3, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. As I said, the road to Jerusalem was no super highway. It was rugged. It was treacherous. One could easily slip. One could easily fall. And we're saying here that the Lord, he would keep them standing. He would keep them stable. Look at verse 3. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. And in relation to their stand, the Lord would keep their feet. The Lord will keep them. Remember Hannah's prayer, 1 Samuel, in chapter 2 and verse 9, he said, he will keep the feet of his saints. And God keeps the feet of his saints. In Psalm 73 and verse 2, but as for me, my feet were almost gone, my steps had well nigh slipped. But God had held them up. He said in Psalm 62 and verse 2, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. And here's what he said, I shall not be greatly moved. I shall not be moved. And why could he say this? Because the Lord is thy keeper. In relation to his stand, his feet would not slip. God keeps the feet of all the saints. And that's true here in the Old Testament times. It was true. 
It's true today, to every child of God, in relation to our stand, the Lord is our keeper. You know a lovely song is out, He Will Hold Me Fast. One of the verses goes like this, When I fear, my faith will fail. Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter will prevail, he will hold me fast. I could never keep my hold through life's fearful path. For my love is often cold. And here's how they finish that verse. He must, he must hold me fast. And that's a true testimony of every child of God as we live in this world. There are times in our life we feel that our feet will fall. We will slip. We will fall. But he must hold me fast. But here's the wonderful, wonderful truth. In relation to our stand, he will hold me fast. He's my keeper. He's keeping your feet. Some of us have saved a long time. I can say the Lord has kept my feet all these years. He will hold me fast. He's my keeper. He's your keeper. He's keeping his people. At least we're singing these wonderful, wonderful truths. Going up to the house of the Lord. The Lord is my keeper. In relation to your stand, he will hold you fast. He will hold you fast. In relation to slumber and to sleep, he's your keeper. Do you see that in verse 3? He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Now the word slumber means drowsiness. Now technically it's a wee bit less than sleeping. A bit of like dozing. I suppose. Sometimes you say to people, you're taking to sleep. No I'm not, no I'm just they're dozing, a wee bit of slumbering. Sometimes when you're preaching, it's hard to tell the difference who's sleeping and who's taking a dose. It's not right who's slumbering. But nevertheless, here it talks about sleeping, talks about uh, d- uh, dozing. But here in relation to slumber and sleep here, the Lord, the Lord is the one who says here, he will not slumber. He will not slumber. Someone has said of the Lord, of course, he is never weary. He is never weary. Nor does he sleep. Nor he doesn't even slumber. Now, he doesn't even feel like sleeping. He's keeping his people. He's keeping them. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. In the darkness of the night, in the weariness of the night, he's awake. You see, he's always, I said to you, he's always watching. He's always looking over his people. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. The Lord is my keeper. All the stories told about the days of World War II. The Germans were bombing London all night. After one terrible attack, the people started to search through the rubble, looking for the dead and injured. They're looking for an old woman called Mrs. Smith. She was a grandmother. They searched everywhere for her, and finally they found her in her bedroom, and she was sleeping. And they were very shocked. And they asked her, said, well, how could you sleep with all those bombs dropping off all around? Well, here was her answer. She says, the Bible says, he who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. And I decided there's no use in both of us staying up. So I just went to sleep and I left it all in the Lord's hands. Well, that was quite faith. I think I was staying up myself with one eye open. But she put it to the test. There's no good both of us staying up. If God's staying up, he's watching. I'm going to bed. 
Isn't it good to know the Lord is my keeper? He's keeping us. Even to do here with slumber and sleep, he never sleeps. He can tell thee, watching over us, he's your keeper. He's your keeper. In the darkness of the night, God is my keeper. Terrible times, of course, you think in our land, in the world today, but it's good to know he's my keeper. In relation here to the shade, you can see that in verse 5 and 6. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor by noon, by noon moon by night. So it's like a shade. Now we all know what the shade, like onto the shade. Sometimes in Northern Ireland we always complain about the weather and so on. But you know, if we really, really had to live in hot sun all the time, every day, you'd be looking for the shade. You'd love to get into the shade. And that's the picture here. The Lord is a shade. He's keeping us. And we can't really lift up our eyes and see it here. Today, but here's what the truth of the Bible. He's a keeper of his people. He's a shade. From sunstroke, which is very, very dangerous, of course. And the body com- com- becomes overheated. And the condition could be fatal. Moonstroke. It's to do with the mind. That's where you get the word lunatic. But here's the wonderful, wonderful truth. The Lord is always protecting his people. He's like a shade, day and night, over all his people. And child of God, can I say it to you, that is true of you. The Lord is my keeper. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. He's like, he's like a shade over me. I may not see him, but he's there. He tells me in his word. He is my shade. He is my protector. The Lord is the keeper of his people. At all times. And that's what they were singing. You can see why they were singing. I said we're going to the house of the Lord. Let the joy of the Lord in their heart. And the joy of the Lord in their soul. The Lord he's my keeper. The Lord he's my helper. And they were singing with all their heart. And the same God was their God. Is our God. He's my helper. And he's my keeper. And he's your helper. And he's your keeper. And there they're marching up to Jerusalem, singing with all of their heart, the Lord, he's my keeper. And you glad you're kept, kept by the power of God through faith, the Bible says, on to salvation. I'm glad he's keeping me safe in this world. And not only that, lastly, they said, God is my preserver. Because notice it said here in verse 7, The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. And God was my preserver. He was their preserver. And in relation to trouble, God is my preserver. The word evil, it means bad. Or trouble or distress or wrong. I want to say this. This doesn't mean we'll never have any trouble. It doesn't mean we'll never have anything to distress us. It does not mean that there'll never be anything that'll happen to us that will shatter us and break our hearts. But here's what it means. God will preserve us in those times of trouble and work out all things, all things for our good. Every child of God here knows by experience this morning that we all have troubles. They come to every person. They come to every home. Every home gets them. Psalm 134 and verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Notice the word, many. 
It's not there's one. No, no, there's one, there's two, there's three. There's four. You can go through your life. Those, those of us who say it a long time. Trouble after trouble. Test after test. Trial after trial. Many are the fixes of the righteous. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. You may be in trouble. But here's the wonderful truth. God's preserving you. God's preserving you in relation. In relation to trouble. He preserves his people. In relation to our treasure. What I mean by that. He says in verse Thy soul. What should a prophet of man begin the whole world and lose his own soul? Our soul. God preserves our soul. Has Christ not died for it? Of course. He shed his blood for us. He has saved us. But the Lord shall preserve thy soul. He keeps those he saves. I'm glad of that. Not saved for six months and lost, or six years and lost. But the Bible talks about an everlasting salvation for God's people. He shall preserve thy soul. He preserved my soul and your soul. Think of that little song again. He will hold my, me fast. Those he saves are his delight. Christ will hold me fast. Precious in his holy sight. He will hold me fast. He will not let my soul be lost. His promises shall last. Bought by him at such a cost. He will hold me fast. And notice what they say here. He will not let my soul be lost. He not let me be lost. Why? He will hold me fast. He preserves my soul. And child of God, he's preserving your soul. In relation to your treasure. In relation to travels. He preserves us. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth. In relation to our travels. I don't know about you, but I know about myself. Sometimes there's been a few near misses. Sometimes it's been my fault. But he preserves our travels. Our going out. And are coming in. In Isaiah 63, for instance, verse 9. In all their affliction he was afflicted, and the angels of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity he redeemed them, and he bore them, and carried them all the days of old. He preserved them. He kept them safe in their travels. He preserved their going out, and he preserved their coming in. In relation to travels, he preserves his people. I'll tell you, God, you can say, of course, then, uh, he preserved my turn. That doesn't mean you can drive at 100 miles an hour through all along. Uh, the boy with the van will lo- love to see you doing that. doesn't mean you can be reckless. That's not, what it, that's, not, that's not what it's saying. But what it is saying here, he shall preserve us in our journeys. These people are making a journey. And God was preserving him in relation to travels. God preserved us. Or going going out and coming in in relation to time he also because notice what he says in verse 8 from in this time forth and even forevermore not just for this week it's going to preserve me but forevermore he shall preserve his people for all time for eternity we are the children of the living God and he shall preserve us or going out and coming in from this time forth and even forevermore he always preserves his people and it's going to preserve us for all time. So there they are marching to the house of God. And they're singing. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my keeper. And the Lord, 
He's my preserver. And you and I can do the same. And maybe as I said, just come back to the start. You came to God's house this morning. Maybe you weren't singing. Well, you have something to sing about going home, haven't you? You can sing this going home. The Lord, he's my helper. The Lord is my keeper in this world. And the Lord is my preserver. He preserves me going out and coming in. Coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. So rejoice in him. Rejoice in the Lord with all thine heart. Because of Christ who saved us and bought us by his blood, God will see to it that we will be safely brought home to heaven. Everyone will be brought home. And not but one blood-bought child of God missing in heaven. Because he shall preserve my soul. Am I good to know that? Are you saved this morning? Are you ready for, to meet God? Are you ready for eternity? Oh, if not, turn. Repent today and believe the gospel. and Put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. He will save you. And he'll be your helper. And he'll be your keeper. And he'll be your preserver. And one day you'll enter into heaven and be with Christ, which is far better. Oh, my God bless this psalm to our hearts. These simple, simple truths. He's my helper. He's my keeper. He's my preserver. How great is the God of his people. Rejoice in him. If anyone has any questions, speak with me. Should you leave the meeting? And I would like to be saved, speak with myself about this. We pray you'll come to Christ and pray the Lord has blessed his word to all of your hearts. Let's just close.